Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my guest today is Fred Sugarman, change artist. Fred Sugarman is a movement artist and educator, energy wrangler, professional actor, and masterful workshop facilitator. Through his company Medicine Dance in Los Angeles, California, he offers classes, workshops, theatrical events, and private work in the art of inquiry, mindfulness, and movement exploration. He is a confluence of an inquiring mind, fierce spirit, and an extremely skilled and curious body. His mission is to help people affect real change by allowing full body change within themselves, which includes the mind, the spirit, and the heart. His work is responsive and immediate and thoroughly engaging, and I have had the pleasure of moving with him often. Welcome, Fred. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks for having me. It's so great to be talking to you today. Um, Fred, this show, Passing for Normal, is all about change, how to initiate it, inspire it, or how to meet it when it comes. So what does it mean to be a change artist? Um, I think that when I coined those two words together, which I probably got from somebody else, I'm sure I did, but but, uh, the, the concept I had behind it was that I study... Um, shape-shifting in my body. I use my body as a way of studying what change means. And because our bodies, as as living, breathing, cellular, biological systems, it, it, it's always in a state of flux and always in a state of change. And we as humans have this thought, or a lot of us do, that we get stagnant or that we're not moving or that we're not evolving or that we're not going forward or we're not we're not moving but in fact um i've come to believe that that we're no different than the wind or the currents in the ocean so for myself as soon as i became aware of that concept that there's always movement occurring and that i could make a choice to join in with that movement um i got uh, a, a piece of what's become my um, my, my personal practice and my way of dealing with, with life on earth in a human body. So when I say change artist, I simply mean that I practice, uh, A, being aware that I'm always changing, and, and, and B, that um, I can make choices about that. Once I'm aware that my body is always in motion, I can choose to go another way or I can choose to support the way it's already going. I could slow it down, I could speed it up, I could make it bigger, I could make it smaller. And that's my approach to movement art, and that's my approach to, you know, not sounding too poetic here, but the art of living or or how I want to live my life. That's great. So you have been trained as an actor and you have been trained as a dancer, and you've said to me that you're interested or most interested in the space between healing and the performing arts. Yeah, you know, it, I've always been fascinated by the fact that that, that um, there's a phrase, healing arts. And, and I'm, um, you know, I wonder about what that means, the healing arts. And, uh, and then there's a phrase, performing arts. And in my mind... It's not a coincidence that they're both called arts, Mm -hmm. and in my mind, it's not a coincidence that um, 
we we know uh doctors know scientists know artists certainly know that if a person has an opportunity to express their own truth for lack of better words that it's healthy it's healing if someone has an opportunity if somebody has an ear to listen to their their honest expression of their truth if someone's willing to look at them to hear them if 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 a person has the ability to pick up a pencil and paper and sketch or some charcoal or pastels or paint and paint or draw if we have the opportunity to scratch away at a in a journal we have the ability to move freely which a lot of us have lost that ability but if we feel safe enough to move freely if we can express how we're really feeling and what what we're really uh, what's really occurring for us there's that's an act of healing so yes of, I, uh, of realigning of realigning with yourself of, of bringing forward your truth you're saying yeah or absolutely. your story or some or a wound yeah something that's erected I'm I'm sorry, say that again, Sharon? I said something, or a wound, something that has interrupted a natural process or natural evolution. Yeah, definitely. When I I was a, um, I was always aware from the time I was a kid and doing plays in school that the opportunity to play out parts of myself that I didn't, that people did not expect from me or that I was ashamed of or that I didn't, I would never dare to, be that angry or that fierce or that sexual or that masculine or that feminine or you know to to have the opportunity mm-hmm. as as an actor to play out different parts of myself i I was always aware that it was really healing for me, and i appreciate i always appreciated that absolutely, so you and I, in our own ways, are both artists, we consider ourselves artists, so what do you think? is an artistic approach. So we're talking about, you know, the space between healing and performing arts. You know, so what is an artistic approach versus a clinical approach, let's say, because, um, you know, you and I are around lots of somatic healers and lots of body workers and lots of ways in which people address their body in a more clinical way. What is an artistic approach? Um, great question, Sharon. Um, thanks for giving me the time to even consider um, that. The, and and my, 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 my response in this moment is that as I work with people in a clinical way, as I work with people, let's say, in, in a room one-on-one, and I see their bodies moving because they're allowing a pause and they're allowing themselves to sense into their body and they're allowing their bodies to respond in movement. Oftentimes in that very private, very personal, very specific practice um, oriented towards uh, finding insight or relieving anxiety or whatever it is, there are times when I see just uh, beyond words, beautific, um, shapes and forms and, and movement that comes out of somebody doing that. So mm-hmm. I, I have the same experience when I'm running a group and most people in the room have their eyes closed, not necessarily all, and I'm seeing people start to move freely. I, I witness that and I see beauty. Mm-hmm. So so I've always been enamored with the, um, from a clinical standpoint, the benefit um, of witnessing 
of of not only uh, somebody moving for their own good, but having the facilitator or having another dancer, having another um, person involved in the process take the time to pause their own movement and just simply see somebody else. So the next step after that, because witnessing is a great process um, in, in a one-on-one situation where myself as a facilitator is witnessing in a group situation where we have partners and partners are witnessing, the next step that I'm playing with and very much engaged in laboratory, uh, you know, having laboratories for, is what happens if we do the movement and we invite people outside of our group to see us. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, for most people who are not um, fully engaged in performing arts, uh, playing music or dancing or acting or, or singers, for most people that brings up a whole lot of stuff. Um, sure. Like, yeah. like terror, right? I mean, <laughs> Terror is probably the single most accurate word, yes. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I often say to a group that lives through inviting a few guests, and by the way, we don't charge money in, in most of these situations, um, although I could talk about situations where we do, um, to the guests that are coming to see us, because it's not really, we're not, we're not, our intention is not to entertain them. Our intention is to share the process with them and, 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 and let them know that they might certainly see a moment of beauty, but we're not we're not our main intention is not to please them mm-hmm. um, so once somebody who has that terror lives through that and and we're at the other end and we're laughing and giggling and going out to eat and everybody you know often saying sort of a flippant way if you could do that you can do anything and i and i right. i believe that's true to some degree no i think I, that's absolutely true when I you think when you, and you I talk- have yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, when you have, you know, bound patterns or bound uh, expectations or ideas about yourself or that this is how it has to be or this is the way I am, I don't do that, I do this, I don't do that, that as soon as you have an experience where that has changed, then you, under, then you understand at a, at a visceral level that, okay, well, if I did this, then I can do anything or I can do that or I can do something else or I can do right. it again. Exactly, and, and add to that 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 somebody and some bodies have seen me do that, and they're not mm-hmm. they're not yelling at me, and they're not gagging, and they're not uh, writing a, a review of me in the Los Angeles Times. In my case, my area, uh, <laughs> that, that maybe even they're saying thank you. Wow, that was amazing. Wow, what was that? I love that. If they're getting that mm-hmm. kind of, re- all of a sudden we go, wow, there. You know, we we are more than we think we are which I think is what you just said. Yes. I I am so much more than I was told that I am or that I was trained to be or that I think that I am. Yes, absolutely. And getting back to um, really talking about what is an artistic approach versus, let's say, a clinical approach, um, I would also like to offer in that an artistic approach is about courting the unknown. Mm. It's about courting the mystery without mm-hmm. an expected outcome. Oh. Using poetry, using metaphor, using, as you say, glimpses of beauty that then either get shaped and crafted into some sort of end product, which might be a performance or um, 
something quite intentional or it doesn't or it's allowed to kind of bubble up and return back to the mystery. But is that not part of what an artistic approach is? It's really about standing at the, at the frontier without knowing and stepping into it? Mm, I think that's, that's beautifully worded, Sharon. If, if I can do that, especially if, as people are seeing me, or if you can, if anybody can do that, then, then whoever is seeing them will benefit from that as well. Because, you know, we've talked about the word braver. You've shared with me that you, you, you talk to people about being brave in the context of your show and, and in the context of your greatest curiosities. To me, that is so brave to, to, for anyone who's, who's willing to stand in front of another person or other people and not know what they're going to do next. Yeah. And yeah. So that's yeah. Even even as an actor, you know, uh, that's so much of the you know, if you're getting real training as an actor, that's the training, right? You know, to stand there not knowing and then jump in, whether it's jumping into a character, jumping into a moment, jumping into an improv. Um, yeah. You know, oftentimes we go to the doctor and we say, here's my problem, and we like them to say, here's your answer. Right. You know, and we don't like to go to the doctor and have them say, I don't know, let's jump, <laughs> let's jump in and move around a little bit and see what comes, you know. But that, yeah. is, but that is the artful approach. The artful approach is say, here, Stand with me, walk with me, and let's see what comes. Mm-hmm. It's an artful. I like the word creative. The way you're describing that too. It's a, it, it's the, it's the real approach. It's the way that nature is. It's, it's what some people might call natural law, or universal law, and that is that. It's all in motion, and if we pay attention to it and join in with the motion that's already occurring, we will most likely come out the other side better for it. It's it, in my mind, it's the same thing when you go to the ocean. There's there's those things called rip tides, and anyone who spends any time in the in the interface between land and sea where there's waves and currents you learn really quickly that, that if you get caught up in a riptide, you, you don't try to oppose it. You, you, you surrender mm-hmm. and let it and go with it. Now, that riptide might pull you out a quarter of a mile away from where you want to be, but if you try to fight it, you will not win. Right. So there's these forces of nature that are at work and that give us, um, you know, who knows what that all means in relationship to our illnesses and diseases and our, our states of mind, um, our mental health. So, so what you and I are on to, Sharon, I believe, um, very similar, um, that, that, that by studying our biology, by studying what our bodies are telling us, what they're feeling, and by responding to that um, one moment to the next, there's something that can be discovered that no, nobody else can tell us about ourselves. Right. If I can listen to my own body and be quiet and still enough to receive the subtle information that it's giving me all the time, if I can begin to allow myself to respond to that information, then I'm going to, A, be in the mystery because I don't know what's coming next, and B, I believe I am on a path of um, wholeness and well-being, and some people would say healing as well. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I love that you're bringing in these uh, these metaphors of nature. Um, you have said to me uh, that above all, your work is about the earth and the relationship to the earth and that your greatest passion is the wilderness and being in the wilderness. Yes, ma'am. Uh, um, yes. Uh, maybe you told me that you don't like to be called ma'am, Sharon. Uh, um, I don't think I ever said that. Oh, you didn't know somebody else. I just got in trouble for saying yes, ma'am, to somebody uh, no, you um, feel free to call me ma'am. It's fine. Okay, good. Thanks. And you could call <laughs> me sir once in a while. That'll make me feel... No, just kidding. Okay, um, sir, please proceed. <laughs> wilderness to me, and, and wilderness I'm defining loosely as, as places in nature where um, mankind, men and women, men and women have not had a large, if any, impact on it. Uh, places in the mountains or desert or forests where... There's been little or no intervention. To me, that's where I, I, I get all the knowledge I need. It's, it's, it's at least, uh, I mean, for me, it's my sanctuary. It would be my temple or my church. It's my most authentic temple or church. Um, so life and death as a parent um, helped. You know, I just look at a pile of rocks that, that have, let's say, slid down a, a, a granite, um, hill or boulder or, or, or mountain, and they're just laying there haphazard. They're, they're, but there's so much perfect perfection and design mm-hmm, yes. and beauty in the chaos of where they land. And to me, that 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 says a lot about the movement work and and also the the art of it. That that it appears oftentimes chaotic, or it appears like it's not. It doesn't have a logical sequence or order but there's some kind of intelligence at work that i believe runs through our own bodies as well as through the the rocks and as well as through the trees and as well as through plants that goes beyond anything that we could construct with our the cognitive part of our brains and there and therein therein lies the the real um i believe sharon and we've talked about this um the greatest challenge of our time is that for the last few hundred years there's been such a dependence upon the rational mind and upon Mm -hmm. a scientific model and upon a linear um, way of constructing our world Um, and we're at the brink of destruction and we all know that whether you talk about men and women at war with men and women or you talk about ecological disaster or we talk about financial blah 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 so right now we know that all of those systems are breaking down. What we don't know, and I believe, Sharon, that you and I and, and a lot of really wonderful people that we work with and know that are listening to us right now, what we don't know is what the alternatives are. We have lots of ideas about it, and all of us have had little experiences with it. But So I believe that the work we're doing with our bodies in relationship to our minds, this mindful movement um, work that that I do my way, you do your way, we do it a lot the same way, um, I believe that that's got um, some pathways to not just the knowledge that the systems are breaking down, we all already know that, but but, but how do we live now in Mm -hmm. a different way, not just in a philosophical utopian, uh, airy-fairy, uh, hopeful way, but, but in a day-to-day way. 
And even as I say that, I'm very aware that I know certain things that I'm not committed to doing yet. I know that I need to, well, I I could start talking about a lot of things, but I was just going to say I, I know that I personally would would choose to eat more meat, or or if I was if I was really in my own power, I would do something like that to begin with. Mm-hmm. But we, we we're all at at where we're at and doing the best we can. That's right, and we have to and we have to start where we are. We can only start where we are. We can only be where we are. Um, which brings me to um, my next question. Uh, you said to me something very interesting, uh, that the idea that we have to heal ourselves is a distraction. What we really need to do is to be present. And so a lot of people these days are talking about presence and cultivating presence. And the work that you do is cultivating presence as a way to meet whatever is, as a way to meet the unknown, as a way to meet it. Can you talk about presence and cultivating presence? Yes, um, and no. Um, the the tricky thing about these topics is is they're e- essentially intrinsically uh, beyond words. But yes. um, but 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 we all know that words are the major um, way of bridging our minds together as as humans as we know it right now. So I will try to say about presence. Mm-hmm. Um, the act of slowing down or reducing the amount of attention I'm paying to uh, what happened past and and slowing down or reducing the attention I have on the future and bringing my attention into the present moment. Um, I'm imagining that most of your listeners, most of the people that will take the time to listen to this interview, have some uh, background uh, in meditation or mindfulness or yoga or performing arts or, or athletics. All of these things um, require a presence or a, a state of mind that is directed into the present moment. So if I can find a way to be in the moment, to be here now, as Ram Dass said 30 or 40 years ago, as Eckhart Tolle said, The Power of Now, you know, his best-selling book six, seven, eight years ago, whenever that first came out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always talking about being here now. And when I say everybody, I'm talking about um, the, the, the metaphysical side of Christianity. I'm talking about any of the major religions. I'm talking about any of, of the indigenous cultures. If there's any secret, if there's any mystery school, in my understanding at this point in my life, they're, they're all saying to be present to begin with. Once I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed into or settled into or at least aware of what's happening right now, I can begin to respond to that. I can begin to make choices on another level uh, um, that, that goes beyond my ability my decision-making abilities if I'm being distracted by worrying about something from the past or, or imagining catastrophizing, catastrophizing or thinking about the future. It, mm-hmm. it, gives me, um, it gives me the opportunity to make choices, essentially. Um, am I mm-hmm. on the right track, Sharon? 
Um, yes, absolutely. Absolutely on the right track. And in fact, the way in which you were speaking, the way that you slowed down in order to speak to it was, an, was a demonstration of becoming present with the question. You know, oh, you didn't yeah. rush to to uh, rush to answer. You felt into yourself. I could feel you feeling into yourself, finding your breath, slowing down at the level of presence from the level of presence. So, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There, there's those that would say that in the present moment, there's no, um, there's no worry. If I can be with what is, like this breath right now, thank you so much for identifying our process of being present with each other right now. If I can be present right now, um, I, I'm confident at this point that I can affect everything around me in a positive way. Um, you know, I, I've had the opportunity. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a licensed therapist. And I'm so, so we were using the word clinical before. I just want to... I just want to say that I'm I'm not a a, a physician, mm-hmm. but why why am I saying that? Um, I do know though that if I can be present, I'm affecting everything around me in a positive way. Okay, here's what I want to say. I've had the opportunity to work with people in acute pain because mm-hmm. I was at the right place at the right time. Um, with myself, always myself as my my most significant laboratory, but I've also been with other people who are in acute pain. And I believe that oftentimes becoming present with even acute pain is a a type of pain management that is barely explored in the Mm -hmm. um, area of pain management, which of course is huge in the medical field and and is a billion-dollar industry. It's not for everybody that what we're talking about, Sharon, I think that you and I are both talking about a, no magic bullets here. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to be present. I could do that. Anybody could do it. I could help somebody. You could help somebody do it in a, in a moment. But, but to cultivate that and to sustain it and to return mm-hmm. to it and do it on a regular, that be, that's a practice. It is a practice because there are many moments. <laughs> there's this yeah. moment, then there's that moment. But yeah, there's many moments. But but as you and as I and as people we work with and as people, you know, we put ourselves under their tutelage, as people come under our tutelage, as we share being present with each other, we start to share a way of being that is intrinsically nonviolent and unconditional. And um, as I say that, I, I want to just come out and be transparent and say that my um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by people who can be in an equanimous state of mind and being around conflict. Somebody like the Dalai Lama, whose people were, you know, the story is well known about how mm-hmm. the have been abused and tortured and kicked out of their country. And But somebody like that, somebody like Jesus, I, uh, you know, the, the dynamics of the... the um, that story, the dynamics of somebody like Gandhi, I'm, I'm affected like all of us of this time by these people. King was another one. Um, if we can go around being that way around other people, then we affect other people. And to me, that's the only, that's the only way we can have a chance of reducing the amount of war that's going on, reducing the amount of ecological abuse 
and molestation that we've all been participating in for you know the last few hundred or thousands of years. And it's all about change within myself. Um, it's all about becoming aware of where I'm at war with myself. I just had a great conversation with a woman that I call my matriarchal teacher who's visiting uh, my wife and I. She's from England. And we were talking about the Middle East and we were talking about what's going on in Missouri. We were talking about Robin Williams and um, all of these things that I believe affects all of us. It's confusing. It's it doesn't lend itself to an easy, peaceful state of mind. Mm-hmm. But the only way that I can, that I know to effectively deal with that stuff is to become present, become comfortable for a moment with what is, and then begin to respond from that place. And that's why I'm passionate about wanting to share that because it's changed my life and, and it, I feel like I'm on the right track. of my, my greatest desire personally, very personally, is to be okay the moment before I die to like feel pretty good about everything as I die. If I have the um, blessing of, of being cognizant and, and conscious or at that point, I, I aspire to be good at that moment. So I steal like a lot of my colleagues and really cutting edge teachings of these days. And of course of the old days, um, the idea that, 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 um, Learning how to die is is a really essential part of being fully alive. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole yeah. other. Yeah. 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 And I, think that, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. I think that's a perfect place to uh, to bring this conversation to a close. That's a whole other conversation that I would love to have, and perhaps we get a chance to. Um, before we wrap up, I would yeah. love for you to tell people how they can find you how they can um, be in contact with you. What's the best way? Thank you. Um, If somebody wants to get a glimpse of who I am, I think the most uh, accurate, but however nonlinear way, but there is some logistical information on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash medicine dance. I call what I do medicine dance. Mm -hmm. You can also find some basic information at medicinedance.com. My email is f like frog sugarman f s u g e r m a n f s u g e r m a n f sugarman at yahoo dot com, and um, and I I'm happy to receive phone calls as well. And should I give you my phone number too, or is that too sure. much? Information? Go right ahead. No, no, go. Eight one eight five seven eight three four eight two. Eight one eight five seven eight. Three four eight two is my phone number. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm older than 25 or 35 years old, so I still do phone calls and I I still do emails and things like that. Yeah, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, Mr. Sugarman, thank you so much, Mr. Sugarman, sir. It's been a fabulous <laughs> conversation. I've enjoyed every moment of it, and. Um, I appreciate so much you sharing yourself with the Passing for Normal audience. I appreciate the opportunity to share myself, Sharon, and, and I adore your work and your book, Donnie and Ursula, is excellent. And I hope everybody listening to this uh, knows about it and reads it. Well, thank you. Okay, yes. to be continued. Thank you, Sharon. Take care of yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.